Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Universe. This is the Internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast, and each and every week we're playing a different randomly selected game from that storied catalog, from the halls of Olympus. It was handed to <laughs> us in its pure, glorious perfection, and we are gifted enough to play through the entire goddamn thing. Today we are playing two games in the Star Fox series, Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard, and my name is Steve Fox. Hello, I am James Siskowski, um, <laughs> and I am taking down, well actually my name is Woody Siskowski, it's that true, would be very true. confusing for yeah, someone who's Yeah, people might not know, that's not your real name. Yeah, um, I am I'm taking down the Owl of Athena, who is handing me copies of these Wii U games for us <laughs> to insert into your gold-plated system. Turbo, and, and I am dropping grapes into your mouth as you uh, as you shoot down Pigma exactly. in the world of Star Fox Zero. Yeah, we're we're not overselling this at all. It's it's been that blissful of an experience. We're to, not just to play these sweating together games. in your apartment. Not at all. Not sick at of all. talking about Star Fox. Yeah, we are uh, we are up to our necks in Star Fox around these parts yeah, lately, which would uh, actually be pretty cozy. No, it'd be really pretty furry as long yeah. as you're not up to your neck and slippy. I think that'd be kind of <laughs> yeah. gross and uh, annoying. Sure, but no. We've been playing a lot of Star Fox because over on uh, our Patreon.com slash Ultra64Pod, only plug this episode, I promise, uh, we are playing every Star Fox game as part of our deep dive series. Uh, and kind of a peek behind the curtain, we're we're knocking two episodes out at a time. So we just finished talking about a bunch of Star Fox games, and now we're going to talk about some more. Yeah. Just so, keep them coming. So if you want to hear if about... If they make any more in, before we finish this recording, we're going to do another episode. Yeah, well, too. kudos to them if they do. If that's they can quick. just pump them out that quickly. That's, yeah. that's Game Crunch a little, taking a little extreme, though. Taking way extreme. But if you want to know the history of Star Fox and uh, the six previous games in the series... You can find that on Patreon. That may be my only plug for the episode. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I make we'll no see. such promises. He makes no promise. I'm I'm making the promise that I will not promote our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash ultra64pod. I won't do it. I have Good. integrity. Excellent. That's what this is all about, is integrity mm -hmm. and saving the Lilat system. Exactly. Those are the, the two the two foundations. I think those are the Boy Scout models, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Number one is integrity. Mm -hmm. Number two is bring giant jars of peanut butter wherever you go. And uh, number three is save the Lilat system. It's the ABC. It's always be defending Corneria. Yeah. yeah. I uh, One word, be defending. I was never a Boy Scout, but I was sort of groomed by the Boy Scouts because <laughs> okay. uh, that sounded weird. Sounded bad. And I didn't mean it that way, but uh, it was full of dorks. And sure. they wanted fellow dorks in there, a.k.a. me. Yeah. Um, but I was too cool, and I had to go to my Magic the Gathering club. Yeah, you're like, uh, I'm more of an indoor dork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. an indork. We're an indork, called, yes. Not, in, not you outdorks. Yeah, screw um, you outdorks. But I did get roped into going on a hike with one of them, and one of the kids was in charge of bringing the peanut butter yeah and he had brought like not the big not the just the big size of like jiffy peanut butter mm -hmm. but like the kind you'd get at like cash and carry or like a <laughs> like a restaurant surplus supply store okay that was okay. the jar of peanut butter that he had brought in his <laughs> backpack to make i don't know five peanut butter sandwiches sure so yeah okay he did not earn these efficiency and packing merit badge that, not that so day. much oh my god and, well, before we get started talking about these two games today, uh, I have to ask, what are you playing? Because I think we're both playing the same thing right now, actually. Oh, we yeah. might. We not, I might have given you the old bait and switch. I, I played like yeah. eight games yesterday. Okay, so this All is right. the one that most. Uh, so we can mix it up. We can yeah, mix it up. this is this is the one that most uh, stuck with me. Uh, I got Game Pass to play the game you're probably going to talk about sure. on my PC, but instead I got hooked on a game called Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow. I don't know that one. Which. It ticks all my boxes in the sense that it is a retro throwback 
with ninjas. Okay. And since it's a cyborg, cyborg You don't ninjas. have a lot of boxes. I don't have a lot of boxes. You need those. I'm, I'm a simple boy who, as long as it's retro throwbacks and ninjas, I'm, I'm in for it. With an optional grappling hook attachment <laughs> yep, box. Which yeah. may or may not be in this game later. But sure. uh, this was produced by Yacht Club Games, whose last oh, game yeah. was Shovel Knight. It's yeah. not designed by them. I think it was basically made by one person. But it very much plays like uh, Ninja Gaiden or Shatterhand or Vice Project Doom, mm -hmm. all games that I like. I but like it those too. Looks very good, and I don't know. It's fun. I I don't think it's as good as The Messenger, um, which is another great retro throwback ninja game. But I also don't think it has that very irritating section where you have to backtrack like The Messenger does. I think that's you why just, I never finished that game. Yeah, yeah, that game is like amazing, and you play through a bunch of levels, and you're like, now go back and find all these obscure items, and you're like, no, thank you. Yeah, I just want to play until I'm done. I and, lost lost interest. Yeah, yeah, and this game just it looks like you just play through the levels, so. Shiber Shadow. Shiber Shadow. Shiber Shadow. <laughs> uh, well, the game that I know you played a little bit of mm -hmm. and I've been kind of immersed in is Psychonauts 2. Uh, you know, I was always a big fan of the original Psychonauts. Yeah, but you it, and the rest of humanity. It, it has, yeah, the, the all two of humanity that bought the game. Well, it, 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 yes, it, it's true, but it, it's it steadily grown. Yeah. It accrued a cult after a while. I mean... Uh, but it is a game like I tried to go back and replay recently, and I'm like, oh man, the platforming in this has really aged very poorly. Yeah. Like it's still a very clever concept for a game, uh, but it just it, the mechanics haven't really aged. There's also very well. like a bunch of annoying things that kind of gatekeep your way into progressing the story. They're yeah. like run around camp and get a hundred of these arrowheads before you can go to the next level, and you're like, I just want to see the next crazy level. Yeah, exactly. It's some kind of weird stuff like that, and then uh, the platforming sort of falls apart in some of the more creatively designed stages yeah. uh but it was always a game i i i liked the spirit of it i liked the story i liked the energy and so i was excited when psychonauts 2 was announced 16 years yeah, after the original crazy which is cool to see and uh the new the new one is pretty great uh i think they've really smoothed out the platforming sections well, it's thank not, goodness if it's 16 years oh yeah yeah i mean it looks awesome like i still think the core character designs are very ugly yes. and like hard to look at like raz and the, but the now games, they're in high definition the characters that appear in the first game had to keep their ugly style in the second one but the new characters kind of look like muppets okay like they look like sesame street figures which looks uh more appealing i love the way this game came out yeah like 16 years um after the first one yeah and it's like they don't acknowledge that at all they're no. just like this picks up right where the last one left off the day and after the, because yeah. richard horovitz the guy who voices raz that's just his voice he sound he's got that high-pitched voice that sounded like that for like 50 years <laughs> okay. yeah yeah, and it's just like it's like they never missed a beat, and it was very, it's a fun game. Like it's just very pleasant to go and play a nice, clean platformer. Yeah, because um, you're like, oh, it's just fun to jump around and collect stuff. Yeah, you know, and the, the game does have its frustrations. There's a moment in a bowling themed level that I really, really hated. Uh, pretty much that whole level okay. I didn't like. But I, I really like the creative level design. Every time you go into somebody's brain, it's like an amalgamation of the thing they're most obsessed with and the thing they're most afraid of. So okay. you get like a hospital casino, like a crossover, okay. like a, a bunch of medical people like in a, a, a casino setting. Or that, like, was a, that was a rejected level from Sonic and Knuckles. It kind of, The hospital yeah. casino zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, that'd be great. Yeah, just like bounce around in there. So it's very clever. It's got a lot of really strong platforming, lots of cool little secrets to find. I'm enjoying it a lot. Cool. It's a good throwback. Uh, all right. 
Speaking well, of throwbacks, yeah, these are kind Star, of throwbacks. Star Fox Zero. Star Fox Zero is kind of a throwback. Let's start by talking about this one. These were both released in the same day, and we'll get into why in a little bit. But Star Fox Zero was released April 22nd, 2016, developed by Platinum Games and published by Nintendo. And this is a Wii U exclusive. One of the rare ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time we get to talk about Platinum Games. And big I think developer now. They are a big developer, and they're a very interesting one to get into. So the studio was formed in 2007 after a merger between two fledgling game companies, one called Seeds Incorporated and one called Odd Incorporated, Hmm. which don't sound very impressive, but then you look at the people behind it. Seeds was founded by Shinji Mikami, who uh, created Resident Evil, uh, Atsushi Inaba, who created Okami and Beautiful Joe, and Hideki Kamiya, who created Devil May Cry. So. Three major Capcom heavy hitters, yes. like responsible for the biggest series that Capcom has done, and also Okami. <laughs> um, and Odd uh, was founded by T- Tatsuya Minami, who is a Capcom Wait, did lifer. Did you just call Beautiful Joe one of the biggest series that Capcom has done? They had a sequel. There <laughs> are two of them. Wrong. There are two of them. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, so Tatsuya Minami, who founded Odd Incorporated, was a Capcom lifer from way back who worked on the original Mega Man and Ghouls and Ghosts. Okay. So like, there's a shitload of pedigree here behind, behind the scenes. So uh, Sega, for one, was very excited by the promise that uh, so many proven industry vets would provide. So they locked them in for four games, which all came out in 2009. So like, we were suddenly very inundated with Platinum Games. Okay. Those games were... Uh, Mad World, which is a black and white, really gory brawler on the Wii. Pretty cool. It's okay. Oh, I played okay. it. It's all right. Uh, it's got some cool stuff to it, and it's definitely a, a different from what you'd expect on the Wii. But it is a little clumsy to play. Okay. Uh, their next one was the DS RPG Infinite Space, which uh, nobody played. It just it got a very poor release. Here, but, but it's is, supposed to be pretty good. And it's also very expensive now. Very expensive now. Uh, the underrated action shooter Vanquish, I Vanquish, which I think, yeah, you've talked about Vanquish. Yeah, it, it, it affectionately became known in our household as the slidey game. It's the slidey game. You That's just kind of the mechanic. Slide right? around at high speeds in your rocket powered suit. It's kind of fun. It's yeah. kind of fun. And then the last one was Bayonetta, uh, mm. the sequel of which would go on to be one of Wii U's biggest exclusives, and we will talk about that eventually. Except no longer. Uh, yeah, not exclusive anymore. <laughs> It's funny they're, that they yeah, have an exclusive. Very it's similar to like Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. They're like, this is exclusive. And then they realize, now oh, the GameCube's not that successful. Let's, let's, let's put it on literally everything. Yeah, exactly. Literally everything. Uh, so all of these games were kind of flops. Like Bayonetta did the best of these, but even that one kind of underperformed. Mm. Uh, so Sega gave them one more chance, and so they produced the game Anarchy Reigns, which was kind of a loose sequel to Mad World, okay. and that bombed worse than any of them combined. Like hmm. nobody played that one. So Sega declined to renew the company's contract, and now they were free agents, and so they were approached by Hideo Kojima to produce the long gestating spin-off game Metal Gear Revengeance, which is a one of the all-time great titles. Such a weird title, but it's it's a it's a hack and slash action game set in the Metal Gear universe. Mm-hmm. You play as Raiden from Metal Gear Two. Uh, and it, the, kind of the whole mechanic is that you can slow down time and precisely aim the direction of your slashes on enemies, and they'll segment yeah. into pieces. It's pretty uh, goofy. It's a really fun little game. It's a three-hour-long game. Uh, it's very it, fast-paced and goofy. It and fits very nicely into the Metal Gear universe without being the same kind of... We're still finding its own unique gameplay. Yeah, it's it, over-the-top like ninja nonsense. Yeah. And I feel uh, like that that could also be basically Platinum Games like mantra is over the top ninja nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that game, I think, especially really sort of set their style 
for what their later games. I guess Bayonetta really did. Bayonetta but. did, but but Metal Gear Revengeance was their biggest hit, and that okay. kind of gave them a little more runway to work on things. Unfortunately, they made the ill-fated decision to only work on games for the Wii U for a little bit. All so right. they started with the, uh, the wonderful 101, and then they extended that to Bayonetta 2. Now, Bayonetta 2 was being hyped as kind of a big title for the system, and it, it was very highly critically acclaimed. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be a very good game. Uh, we'll get to it in time. But sales were pretty bad. Uh, the sales did not pick up. They were worse than the first game. And a lot of that was due to it being a 2014 Wii U game. Sure. So uh, the developers managed to secure their next job by hiding an Easter egg in one level of Bayonetta 2. So you can equip a special costume. And then when you go into a flying section, I think in Chapter 16 of that game, you turn into an R-Wing. Uh, ah. It's just kind of a nice, nice little nod. Cute. Now, Nintendo really liked this Easter egg, and they were impressed with the physics engine that they came up with, so they hired the team to produce a new proper Star Fox game. Um, But since this game, uh, Platinum has scaled it back, and they're working steadily towards, uh, like, a huge crossover. They're still looking for their big, big crossover hit. They, they I had feel a, like Nier, like, Nier's the pretty closest. big. Yeah, Nier, Nier Automata came out in 2017, and that's been wait—is it Automata or aut- aut- I Automata? Say, I always say Automata. Yeah, that's probably but. right. I don't—I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that word, but N I E R near Automata. Uh, really, <coughs> really cool and interesting little game, kind of a hybrid of a shoot 'em up and an action RPG. Uh, that game has been hyped to me many times, and I really feel like I would like it, mm-hmm. but somehow. A lot of platinum games I have this trouble with. I guess their games are very silver. Yeah. And like just this one's very silver. So graphically kind of bland. Yeah. That I re- like they don't look bad, but they're just like everything just looks like a sort of wall or robot arm. And yeah. I have a lot of trouble staying engaged with that. I mean, that's the same thing kind of translates to uh, they did a game on the Switch called Astral Chain, yeah. which uh, I wanted to get into more than I I think I've had your copy of Astral Chain sitting in my Switch case for months. Oh, see, that's why I didn't get into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been trying to play it, and I don't have it. (laughs) You keep reaching for it, and it's gone. Oh, never mind. Um, Yeah, they had a big RPG uh, in the works called Scalebound that was going to be like this big dragon-based like RPG, but that was canceled in 2017. And since then, they've they've re-released some of their Wii U games on the Switch. There's a wonderful 101 and Bayonetta 2 were both ported over, and people have been kind of finding those games. Yeah. They're both pretty cool, interesting little games. I feel games. like I hear about Platinum games a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still around, and they're still kind of uh, uh, circling their their big, big crossover hit. But okay. they're, I think they produce quality games. It's just kind of... It's a matter of finding their audience, really. I see. And I don't really know who their audience is based on that lineup. You know, it's it's kind of odd to, to narrow it down. But... But they're they're good at what they do, and they've got some good ideas. Yes, so. yeah, and in this game, you know, this game has definitely is the result of talented studio and has some good ideas in it. Yeah. So uh, as we stated, the platinum devs were able to endear themselves to Nintendo by hiding that little Easter egg in Bayonetta two. They were fans. Yeah, if there's of one thing N- Nintendo notoriously loves, it's unlicensed use of their properties. Oh man, they, they go <laughs> Gaga for it. Yeah. Absolutely Gaga. <laughs> Uh, now, the team, they were fans of Star Fox from way back, and they jumped at the opportunity to de- develop a new game, which Nintendo was pitching as like a back-to-basics kind of reboot of the franchise. Right. They'd been as, experimenting a little bit with with some of the more recent games on the what, The last one that we that came out before this was Command. Yeah, for the DS. Which came out in, what, like 2006? Eight, yeah. No, no, six is right. Yeah, six so is right. So that's, that's an 
seven, eight year gap before this one comes out. Yeah. And so it's like, what it, what is Star Fox at this point? Yeah, exactly. And can we sustain like uh, a Star Fox game with the new console mm-hmm. generation and, and the way that people are consuming games now? So uh, Nintendo gave the team some leftover assets from a Wii Star Fox game that was never released. They had kind of started development Surprising on it Surprising that a Wii Star Fox game never came out. It seemed like it would have been yeah. pretty conducive to their control scheme. It feels like it. And I think, yeah, I do think a lot of ideas for that Wii version made it into it this game. It probably would have had like horrible like tilt like hold the Wiimote sideways and tilt it up and down oh maybe there'd be like a weird like uh peripheral or something like a joystick or or well that would have been cool i would have been been a fan of that yeah but uh, that would have been cool. yeah it could have been kind of a debacle i don't know pure speculation of course because it never existed but uh so this game zero was first announced at e3 in 2014 and shigeru miyamoto also teased two additional projects uh, Project Guard and Project Giant Robot that were both set to take place in the Star Fox universe. Now, Guard would be released with this game, and we'll talk about it today, but Giant Robot was canceled before we ever knew anything more than just a title. But okay, well, I mean, the title Project tells Giant you a Robot lot. tells you a lot, yeah. So once again, Miyamoto insisted uh, that the marketing and uh, look of the game paid tribute to his favorite childhood show, which was Thunderbirds, okay. a marionette-based science fiction show from the 60s. Uh, and so the puppety look and goofy space opera antics of the original game are here. And the ad campaign really leaned into that. There were these fantastic, like, really short commercials of uh, the Jim Henson company made some puppets of uh, Star Fox, Falco, and uh, uh, Peppy. Okay. And they have a, like, banter, and they look very Jim Henson-y, and it's very cool. Um, I like those little bits. Nintendo also promoted the game with an animated short film, which I'll get into in a minute, and... Uh, a fan art contest, and the winning entries of that were displayed on the Miiverse homepage and also on the 3DS homepage. And on DeviantArt.com. And on DeviantArt.com. <laughs> yeah, God, how much... Yeah, I wouldn't want to be the... Again, I'm not trying to shame furries in any way. No, I no. Just, we're, a very, we're on record as a very pro-furry show. You're totally fine with furries. It's all, it's all good. But yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be the one uh, sorting through all the fan art that sure. you probably get for this sure. game. Uh, Sales-wise, this game did okay over here, but it's far and away the lowest-selling game in the series over in Japan. Like, uh, people resoundingly rejected and it. And I mean, I, a lot of that is the fact that it's on the Wii U. Like, yeah. <laughs> every other console that a Star Fox game came out on sold more than the Wii U. That's so. kind of the thing. Yeah, that's what we're running into more and more with these games. So story-wise, this is neither a sequel nor a prequel to any other Star Fox game. Rather, it's kind of a reboot of 64. Yeah, almost sorta. almost a remake. Like almost it, a it's remake. pretty substantially changed, but like characters have the exact same pieces of dialogue. A lot of the levels themselves are the same. Yeah. And it really has the same kind of presentation, even though I mean a lot it, it's a whole different game. But yeah. like going through Corneria, you're like, oh, this is just like the N64. Definitely. You know, um, there there is, like I said, there's a 15-minute animated short film called Star Fox Zero, The Battle Begins, uh, which you can check out on YouTube. I watched the whole thing. It's pretty cool. It's it's anime style, um, and it's got kind of a blend of, like, 3D animated character models with 2D backgrounds. It looks very crisp and colorful and cool. And it's basically just retelling the first level of this game, like, with a little more narrative elements of okay. it. Like, Corneria is being attacked. This is where we learn, and this one, I don't know why this one got under my skin, but we <laughs> learned that Corneria is like a dog planet. Like, everyone who lives on this planet is a dog. Well, I guess the reason that it's kind of an insight is that um, you you kind of just assume that all of these animals are just dispersed throughout the galaxy and just kind of live in harmony and unison. Yeah. But the fact that Corneria is a dog planet implies that every other planet 
has a different kind of animal that lives there. I mean, there was like a, Aquas is the slippy planet. There was kind of a there was a, a decent South Park episode from years and years ago where like Earth is a reality show for aliens, and the whole concept of the show is that they take all these different aliens from different planets and make us all live on ah. one. So like. There are deer planets and there are like uh, rabbit planets and human planets that we've just all been mixed together onto one. I saw that one. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, it's kind of a clever idea. And I think that's kind of the the mentality going on here. Uh, So yeah, there's not a whole lot different. Like if you've played a Star Fox game before, you know the deal. It's Andros is a giant space ape and he wants to just a disembodied head do we we never see the body of Andros in any of these games do we also they never really address why he's bigger than a planet like yeah he's just a monkey well because he's he's magic he's a magic monkey he's He's a a space warlock Ooh, magic monkey um yeah so one intriguing wrinkle that was introduced at the end of the short and i don't know if this really carries across in the game itself but after you successfully uh, in the short film after they successfully save general pepper and corneria then General Pepper gets on a private line with Peppy and tells him, Andros is back. You know what that means. You have to stop him before Fox finds out. Huh. And that's kind of the additional wrinkle. And now, so you get the Im- implication that Peppy is working towards his own goals and something that had to do with his past and probably his father. So hmm. you have the one little wrinkle. I don't know if it's in the game. This game very much like gives you way more explanation of the hit. Like there's a very simple history of Star Fox and his dad where they're like, James McCloud made like an initial run in to fight Andros yeah. and, you know, got betrayed. And like the uh, one thing that's cool about Star Fox 64 is you can, there's little pieces of dialogue that sort of all read in and tell you this story, but mm-hmm. they don't just like tell you straight no. up that that's the story in the game. Here, like the opening cutscene is like, my name is Fox. I like, yeah, it's like the get, beginning of Mad Max Fury Road. There's like a long like title crawl. Like, yeah, get which a tells you the whole here. backstory. And it, it, it looks fine. Like this game looks great. Uh, this game is gorgeous looking. Yeah, um, it really is. Um, and it, it's fine, but it's like you kind of just want to be thrown in the action. Or Yeah, this game just occupies a weird space because I didn't know that there was a remake of Star Fox 64. Like two of them, basically. Because well, Star Fox 64 3D is well, also sure. a remake. But, but like I, that's a port. That's a, you, it's a, it's a refashioned yeah, port. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know. It's so There's so many terms of all that stuff. That's a remaster, remaster. slash port. There you go. Because it's really the same game. It is identical this, except the, yeah, the models. Yeah, this is very much like, this is basically Star Fox 64, but we like changed a bunch of stuff. To the point like you identified that like some of the vocal clips are the same. Like yeah. some of the, or the the pieces of dialogue. The least, dialogue, like yeah. the lines. Yeah, it's different uh, performances, yeah. but the dialogue's the same. Uh, so yeah, kind of a lot has changed here as in terms of how you control the game and that's mm-hmm. kind of the first thing you need to get used to and i think once you get on board with it it's okay you do yeah. i did feel like i was never not wrestling the controls a little yeah. bit yeah this is i mean this is the fundamental issue or question that i always come up against the Wii U is that i like it when companies try to do weird things with the controller yeah. because you feel like okay this is what this system does and like this is what makes it special we've also and, been noticing like as we go that not a lot of games use the gamepad for much more than anything than right. like a map or so an inventory it, it's really exciting when we do find one but then at the same time you're just like this just makes it harder and kind of frustrating like Star Fox Command for the DS you could only control via touchscreen and yeah. you're like I get why this is only touchscreen because you have it on the DS you want to show off that functionality but I kind of just like the way Star Fox usually feels. Yeah, same, and same. And here it's a similar vibe, but they're pretty, I don't know, they're pretty ambitious with what they're trying to do. So on the TV, 
you when you just watch it, it looks like pretty much any Star Fox game. You got yeah. Um, you got your ship. You got, it's behind the back. Yeah. Yeah. Your your right stick kind of controls all your special moves. Like you can double tap right to do a barrel roll, or you can press up on the right stick and down on the left stick to like do a U turn mm-hmm. or a, a somersault. And yeah, all that your boost and your break is all controlled by the right stick. It feels okay when you get used to it. No problems there. Um, you know, same old deal. You got your lock on, your double lasers from Star Fox 64. But all the while, while this is happening, the gamepad that's in your hand is showing like a fox eye view yeah. of the cockpit. Um, and you can actually move <laughs> and adjust the gamepad to aim differently, like uh-huh. to move your crosshairs. And it results in some very weird things where you'll be looking at the TV, but your crosshairs will be sort of way up in the corner yeah. because you had moved the gamepad in an awkward way and you're like shooting and your lasers are just like pulling way off to the side. And you're like, what's going on? And yeah. you have to press the Y button to sort of recenter the center of the ga- of your cockpit to where the gamepad is. It's, it's sort of hard to explain in words. But- right, just imagine like your gamepad is your cockpit and the the you know the the, the TV screen is what everyone else right. Is, but whenever you, know? you change wh- your position where you're holding the gamepad, you kind of have to reorient it, or your crosshairs are going to be locked in a weird position. Yeah, it also kind of brings back like if you do a barrel roll or something, like you stay steady. It's like a they, they do that in Star Fox Original. Like if you're if you did the first person mode, like it's kind of gyroscopically stable. You just you you're still looking forward even if you're doing a barrel roll. Yeah, so you're not getting too disoriented. But there's like a bunch of ways that you can play this game. You could just look at the TV. um, But the problem is occasionally the camera will just sort of switch and no longer be behind Star Fox and have this kind of like weird cinematic view. Yeah. And then if you're looking at the TV, your controls get all like cattywampus because you're looking from the side. So all of a sudden, like you don't know where the turning right is going to take you. You get disoriented. And like the game keeps really trying to emphasize using the gyroscopic controls. Yeah, they told me like like micro eight times at least in the first level like use use your gyro controls for more precise aiming like i get it i get it peppy i'm doing fine i'm doing it i'm doing it yeah so i mean for me i found myself just looking at the tv screen more than doing anything else like and it it becomes pretty disorienting moving back and forth like trying to look at one and then look at the other so you have to kind of commit but they they definitely like this game is designed to make you go back and forth yeah because yeah. you'll be it's hard to see if you only look at the gamepad it's hard to see like you're you're really only seeing directly in front of you so like there was a laser power up yeah. that you sort of shot and revealed and I'm like Steve get that laser power up and you just were looking at the gamepad and flew right past it because yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't see it on your screen. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you're only looking at the TV screen, sometimes the camera changes in weird ways. Or you, you do have the big advantage of by aiming with the Wii U gamepad, you're essentially able to shoot in a different direction than you're flying. Yeah. Like a dual, like a Robotron type of thing where you can move away from an enemy but still be shooting down at a weird angle towards them. It, it takes some getting used to, but I will say like... You settle into it after a while, and I think it does help that your charge, like when you charge up your shot, it automatically locks on to enemies, mm-hmm. and you're able to fire at them from there. So, like, they're they're pretty generous with the auto aim uh, to kind of you know balance things out a little bit. And there's a super weird like if you press the L button, it will like switch to the view of the person you're targeting, which I, really kind of very makes you odd. say you're like, what is what is this for? Yeah, very very odd, and like. 
when you lock on to somebody, it's pretty difficult to turn around because you're basically supposed to be using your cockpit view and there's a lot of adjustment needed. Um, yeah, like you, you, like you said, you kind of, you really think about the controls a lot in this game and that's usually not a good thing, but I do, I did appreciate like that this game felt different because even though I probably in the short term would have had a better time with it, had it just felt exactly like Star Fox 64. Like just a really, really pretty version of that. I can still play Star Fox 64, and I appreciate this game feels different than other Star Fox games. No, it does. It it really does. Uh, You get to expand your arsenal a little bit with some different weapons, or not different weapons, different uh, vehicles. Mm -hmm. So after, I think, Mission 2, you get the ability to transform your R-Wing into a bipedal walker. And now, right. technically, this feature was introduced in Star Fox 2. Way back in, way, like, 96. In, in, like, 95, 96. But we never saw it, because that game didn't get released. It was, it was, can- it was like, de- uh, delayed until 2017. So, technically... <laughs> yeah, they officially said that was that was part of the docket in Nintendo yeah. Power in 1996. <laughs> They're like, Star Fox 2 has been delayed till 2017 <laughs> when we release a mini of this console that is current. And everyone's like, what is, what is, what is going on? Like, don't even worry about it. This will make sense yeah. to your kids. Our- yeah. Our Nintendo Power Magazine now being edited by Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of him to step in. That's yeah. a pretty big get. So yeah, your little bipedal walker, you can run around. You've got a little hover option, which you control by pressing down on the right stick, which feels a little odd. Like yeah. That's a weird way to control like a jumping mechanic. I don't know. I mean, what would be better? Like, Would you rather have the down be jump or your down be dash? Because neither of them would neither feel of them that really makes that sense. Yeah. yeah, but like... And you look at the rest of the control scheme, it's like, okay, well, the A is your transform, and then you need a button to reorient I guess your targeting. A, the, the a being transform was kind of a problem. That should yeah. have been in a more obscure button. Because, yeah, it's pretty easy to You do get the mistake. ability to switch back and forth between the walker and the R wing, even when you're like flying around in deep space and the walker Which, just falls. Yeah, there's nothing you can do if that happens. But I, I liked the fast transitions yeah. between the two. Like, it felt pretty good to like hover up onto a building and then jump off the top and switch into a plane and then like fly over the top yeah, of the rest of the buildings cool. and then switch back. Like that was pretty fun. And the walker is very cute in its design. I love the way when you fall with it, it like flaps little chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They do. They, they went to that extra little detail. You're like flapping on your way down. Yeah. Uh, the Landmaster tank is back. We, we saw that in some earlier games, including Star Fox 64 Star and Star Fox, Fox Assault, Assault, which played a big part in. It's faster this time around, it's smaller, a little leaner, and you can transform into like a, a plane, like a slower R-wing, like yeah. kind of a kind of a chuggier R-wing. Um, and that's pretty fun. And then there's a new vehicle called uh, what's it called again? The, the gyrocopter, the gyro the gyromite. It should be called it should like have been that. called the gyromite because yeah, it's a reference to it old, drops yeah. a rob the robot, like gyro wing. Gyro wing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it drops a little Rob the Robot. Who's That's very, what it exactly he, it looks like. He's very cute. He's called the Direct Eye. Yeah. Uh, and basically, the, the Gyro Wing is sort of a slower helicopter-style uh, yeah. vehicle. Chop, for all those fans of Choplifter wondering why that Everyone's franchise favorite. stopped. Chopper Attack, bring it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the chant that they do every time people want to bring it back. I'm going to say outside of blank offices, but I, I would take a million years before I'd name the yeah, company that made Chopper Gun Attack. Gun to my head. I would, I think yeah. it's Midway, maybe Midway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you, by pressing the A button, you will lower a little robot on an extension cord, basically. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, if he's on the ground, then you can control it with the gamepad and like drive around a little bit. He's got a little bitty gun, but mostly he's good for getting in tight spaces and hacking buttons. Yeah, you, you bump just sort him of into walk it. him against these big red panels. Yeah, you bump him into it, and then uh, he, he opens up a gate for you. You can also use this little thing as like a magnet to pick up bombs or something and then carry them around and drop them later. Yeah. This, now, the, the, the gyro wing had a stealth section, which I was not expecting in yeah. the Star Fox game. Like, you're supposed to, like, use it to stealthily sneak past some uh, uh, searchlights search and kind of get into Stealthily gates. sneak past searchlights, stealthily sneak past searchlights. You got one. You got yeah. one good oh, one out of there. That's great. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's basically it. It was interesting to see it. Like, I always cringe a little bit if there's a stealth section in a game that's never had a stealth part before. Yeah. But this wasn't bad. This it wasn't obtrusive. It didn't seem like a big, like, it wasn't, I don't think if you had gotten seen by those searchlights, you would have just failed. And it's not like you have to be quiet. You yeah. know, there are things like jumping out and you're firing at them and everything like that. So you're not you're not hiding behind bushes or anything. And the station, the stoplights are pretty stationary. This, this but you, gy- you just need to get past them. This I already forgot the name of it. The gyro, gyro wing, gyro bro, uh, gyro bro, <laughs> gyro gear loose. Yes. Um, it really slows the game down, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. No. It just really like so much of Star Fox is just like oh, there's enemies all around me, and I'm just blasting them. Here, like you said, there's the stealth section, but there's also just careful placement of this iDroid, yeah. um, this little Rob the Robot, and you, it kind of becomes a little more puzzly. Yeah. we I didn't mind it. Um, the thing also controls differently because your right stick controls your altitude and your left stick is like forward and back. Yeah. And as long as they don't overuse it. Yeah, and like if this showed up in every level, I'd probably be pretty sick of it. But every like couple levels, I don't mind it. No, it, it really it's it's not too bad. It's not like the highlight for me, but it's not bad at all. Um, yeah, pretty pretty enjoyable. I did like the section where you need to use the gyro the, the gyro wing to entice a large a gyro metal sandwich. gorilla. Yes, yeah. <laughs> gyro, gyro with roast kebab. <laughs> that's that sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, what did they call it? A gigorilla yeah. or something? It's like a. It's uh, Andross's secret weapon, which is a giant mecha gorilla. And you can hack it with your uh, deliver eye or whatever it's called. And and then you you go and park yourself behind an enemy, and the gigorilla will walk up and attack that enemy for you. Yeah. Like, kind of fun. Kind of fun to control fun. a giant robot gorilla. Uh, you know, so there's a, there's a training mode that kind of doubles as a challenge mode because you're, you have a certain number of goals and then you have to run around collecting coins. We were about to get very frustrated because there was a section in the R-Wing training where it's like, all right, collect 100 coins. And you did it. You yeah. flew around, you collected 100 Mission coins. accomplished. And then it's like, oh, good. But like the timer's still going. And then, oh, here's 100 more coins for you to collect. Yeah, so my score was 115 out of 100. And I'm like, what the hell, game? Why yeah. aren't you ending? But then it just, after five minutes, it ended on its own. But and you it doesn't even matter if you get enough coins or not. No, you can try and like beat your high score with it. And then it'll unlock the next training mode. Which There's is also co-op. Yeah, the single this, player mode is, is fully co-op. This, uh, this one, was fun. Yeah, one person with the Wii, uh, 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 Wii remote. And nunchuck, and nunchuck. Or you can use a classic controller. Yeah. Which may have been the thing to do. Like Probably. This is, the Wii remote and nunchuck, much the same way as like... This, this is a trend, I think, with Nintendo controllers in general until like they've gotten to the Switch Pro Controller. Yeah. Is they work really well for the games that they work well for. Yeah. Like the 64 controller, you know, I guess it's often Mario games. Like the 64 controller works great for Mario 64. Sure. The game controller works great for Smash Brothers. And like the Wiimote works is really comfortable on like Mario Galaxy. Yeah. But then like when you try and use that Wiimote and Nunchuck here, your brain just kind of melts. Especially if like, it's a game that wasn't designed necessarily yeah. for that. Like, 
the gimmick is with the gamepad, and I think any game that requires you to use the one and two buttons regularly on the uh, Wii remote is really awkward. Yeah, the, the Wii uh, remote is just set up in such an awkward way. Like, it's a very versatile controller, but, like, it's it's really like a jack-of-all-trades and... What's the opposite of a master? A neophyte at all? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's uh, and I I find that anytime I break out a Wii remote, I really need to reorient myself and like it it takes a lot more trial and error to get used to the controls. Especially here because replacing the right stick is the control pad, right? On the on the Wii remote, so you're having to press like up on the control stick with your left thumb and down on the control pad with your right thumb. Yeah, it's it's a little rough. But it's a little weird. But one person with the the person with the Wii mode is controlling your uh, movement and then yeah. the person with the gamepad is controlling aiming. Well, it, it, the person with the Wiimote essentially has full control over the game because they have a laser too. You have a laser. It, it feels it, like it's, it's a, a little, less effective yeah, laser. It's, yeah. a, it's a little bit of a pea shooter. But and I don't think you can shoot bombs or anything like that. So I think uh, you can. Can you? Yeah, okay, I, I can thought. figure it out. If it um, well, it's because the controller was madness. It was madness. Yeah. Um, but then the person with the Wii or the game, so many, so many Wii everything, the Wii gamepad um, is still moving it around and shooting. It reminds me of when we played through uh, the battle, the new Battletoads game uh-huh. um, from last year. There was a fun co-op section that's like a, a shoot a, a shup shump shmup shump. I can't say it. I'm, we've talked too much today. Yeah. Um, where one person is like dodging and avoiding the things and the other person is shooting in different directions. And that was a really fun way to play that game. Yeah. And this game kind of scratches that same itch. No, it does. Like, it, it was it was fun to collaborate a little bit and just like, you know, uh, okay, uh, uh, I'm going to turn into a walker real quick. Yeah. Just be, be ready to aim in different places. I mean, it's a and- little disorienting like to be the... Uh, person shooting because you don't don't really have any idea what's going on on the main screen. No, uh, because your crosshairs pr- stay pretty stable. But it's definitely like far in a way more interesting than like being tails mm. or being uh, the helper. Nintendo like puts helper modes in a lot of these games, or like, like little brother modes, yeah. like Odyssey or um, Galaxy, where you're like, oh look, you can point to the stars and collect them, and you're like, this is not quite enough. No, here you really feel like the person shooting can make a pretty big impact. No, there so. is a there's more of a team element here. It um, is also like pretty cool just to have another person like watching. This game's very cinematic for someone else to watch yeah. because the camera on the TV does so many weird things. Like it often has no relevance. To helping you play the game because right. it just expects you to look at the gamepad. But what that means is you're seeing like cool side angles or like giant things collapsing on all sides. So it's kind of fun to watch. And that's else play. that's why it was also frustrating to play on the gamepad so much because this game really does look gorgeous mm-hmm. and they've got some beautiful effects and textures on everything. And I kind of wanted to see it on like the nicer TV. Yeah, like that's that, true. It's very clear, you know. So. And the gamepad, like you just don't get much of a look at anything because it's just kind of this wireframe cockpit and then the very just directly out in front of you yeah well we do have one additional game to talk about that came bundled with this game on its own separate disc uh put in the same oversized box and sold to you the american consumer (laughs) and that is called star fox guard this was also released april 22nd 2016 developed also by platinum games also published by nintendo also a wii u exclusive it's in the same game sure so this this is is like a weird this is a very weird situation in which this I don't know why this game isn't just an option mode yeah. on, on your Star Fox Zero menu. I don't know enough about like programming. I don't know why this would need to be a whole separate I mean, disc. Like it feels like it could have fit. <laughs> yeah. I'm I see like Assassin's Creed 3 right behind me. And like it seems like that has That's more more game. game than Star Fox Zero and Guard put together. I would think so. 
But yeah, so this game was programmed as a tech demo, and then the Star Fox license was tacked on much later. Uh, and that's pretty clear because the connections to Star Fox are pretty tenuous. <laughs> you know, so, it, it, you star beloved character Slippy's dad. Yeah, no, that's that's his uncle Grippy. Oh, okay. Grippy Toad. He doesn't slip. He grips. Yeah. Uh, and is it, do we ever learn Slippy's dad's name? Is he Drippy? I, I imagine he would have to if Mom you're continuing is that dream. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many of these. Yeah, you can it's do. true. Uh, but so we learn that uh, during the this war economy that Andros has launched during all of his attacks, profiteers like uh, Slippy's uncle Grippy are doing really well yeah. mining precious metals, and they've got factories all over the galaxy. Unfortunately, these uh, factories keep getting attacked by malicious little robots who are just trying to destroy it. I assume they're probably like a Greenpeace something, you know, and they're sure. trying to come in and stop the evil capitalists from destroying things. Uh, but basically, the game opens with you being hired. You and by you, I mean your, your me character. It's pulled oh, into this game. Okay. It's you, so I always forget that me's are like still a thing. They're still a thing. Nintendo like sprinkles them in so haphazardly. Yeah, that you forget about it. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, especially it's, like when you play a Switch game and a me shows up, you're like, what the hell is that thing? It's one of those I have I have a hard time getting too excited about it. But you know, you're you're in the game. But it was like fun in the original Wii when it was kind of like your mascot for all the games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's. But you're you're hired by Grippy to be the security defense expert and help keep these robots out of his factories. Uh, the Star Fox team swoops in to save you at the end of the tutorial. It's one of those tutorials where they don't tell you how to play the game and they just drop you in in unbeatable odds and like Got wait it. until you die. And then the Star Fox team comes in, blows up the rest of the robots, and then Slippy explains to you how to play. So basically, this is well. It's first of all, it's the least Star Foxy game in the entire Star Fox series. Uh, has very little gameplay. Even, even less Star Foxy than Star Fox Adventures. I think yeah, right. Okay, because that even had oh, like, yeah, shooting sections. That's true. You're right. This this one has very little connection to the series. This is a blend of tower defense and night trap. Sure. That which is the weirdest thing to to collaborate on, but uh, basically. You're monitoring security feeds. You've got 12 different images and uh, then one in, on the, on your TV screen with one big one in the center kind of showing which one is taking focus. And so your gamepad kind of has a little wireframe map of the, the factory mm -hmm. that shows you where all the cameras are and where they're looking. Before the start of the level, you can actually like move the cameras and attach them to different walls. Yeah, drag them with the stylus and kind of... rotate where they're looking at. And then when you're ready, you just press like, go. And then, and then the robot, the, the robots, robots approach. Start, they'll start coming in. There are two types of robots you have to watch out for. There are the chaos bots, which Ooh. are just little guys that like to break your cameras and generally sow so chaos. And then there are the combat bots, and they don't really do anything to you. But if they get into your factory and get to the core at the center of your factory, they'll destroy it, and it'll be and game you over. You lose. Uh, so you do need to take so care of They are the, the higher priority target. They are. And you also beat the level by defeating a certain number of combat robots. I you see. can you know, the, the chaos ones will just keep coming and coming, but you need to beat the uh, combat robots specifically. And you do so with all of your cameras. You have, Like I said, there's 12 of them positioned around your map. You switch between them by clicking on it with the stylus, and then you can shoot a little laser on your gun by pressing any button on the gamepad. Uh, and so uh, Nintendo claims that this was designed as sort of like a... 
you can't really call it a co-op, but it's it's mm-hmm. almost like a weird party game experience where like one person is controlling the gamepad and then your guests or the people watching are supposed to be shouting numbers at you and like, oh, oh go to monitor 12, go to monitor four. Oh, there's a guy in, he's in. Yeah, you got to take him all the way out. And like, yeah, so I mean, that does some chaos to it. That does seem like the more fun way to play because the robots themselves don't show on the radar at the bottom. No. So you would have to be looking up and down constantly um, to actually see where the enemies are and then switch back. And I'm sure as you get to the harder level, like even on level like level three or four, mm-hmm. like things sped up pretty substantially and it got much harder to stay on top of it. I mean, I would I would maybe want to try it with like more people around because I think uh, I, I like the subgenre of like party games where you yell at each other, like sure. Overcooked or something like that. Like like with the where the chaos and like the the confusion is sort of part of the appeal. That's why that's why a bar brawl to you is just one big party game. Oh man, love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Everyone just get together, throw chucks of peanuts at each other. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel about tower defense games in general? I don't think that's really come up on our show. No, it has. It's a surprisingly like I think lucrative and common genre, but usually not in like home consoles. Like it's big in mobile gaming, big on PCs. But there was a time for a little bit where like tower defense was being added into every game, like. Assassin's mm, Creed had a true. tower defense mode. I mean, remember, there was one in Gears of War. There was like yeah, this Gears of War. Where you would set up a bunch of things. I mean, and I mean, speaking of Psychonauts, the game Brutal Legend, uh, a lot of the from the same creators mm-hmm. of Psychonauts, a lot of people turned on that game because it was marketed as like an open world action game, but it's actually a tower defense game. Yeah, like that's the bulk of what you're doing okay. in that game is tower defense. And I guess I mean I see why tower defense got pretty popular because it can be kind of addictive and it's fair. It's very cheap. To make a tower defense game? Oh, sure. Because you essentially just set up one or two levels and then you just make waves slightly more complicated every time. It's basically the same gameplay structure as Joust. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I tend to lose interest in them because they just sort of do the same thing over and over. And here, I think there are more weapons and like different things you can equip your cameras with mm-hmm. to like freeze the robots in place. And I imagine that there is some strategy there of like, where do I want to put this camera um, with this special weapon? And so I could see this being a game that you would get into. Um, and I think that it has kind of a neat home. If it was like, like I said, an additional menu option on Star Fox Zero or a five five or ten dollar downloadable game, which it related, which it, it was it, made yeah, available. Exactly, yeah, like, you can I, download I can't fault it. this game really for just being pretty rudimentary and simple, but yeah. it's not. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, the the Star Fox license feels tenuous at best. We were we were just talking about Star Fox Adventure and how that's kind of one of the detracting factors is that this was definitely a game that was not intended to be a Star Fox game, and it just had that license sort of shoehorned in. Yeah, and that's sort of going on here too. But this is also a much more like minor experience. Yeah. Like it's meant to be small. It doesn't and make me mad the way Star Fox Adventures. No, does. and I think I think everything that's here works. It's not necessarily the the party game I'll break out for sure, you know. But uh, I think it all works, and, it's, and it's, it's basically fine. I mean, and it's still cool that it's one. It's an experience you could only have on the Wii U. Still. Yeah, yeah. It's it weird. Is that. I don't know. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but like, it's weird to me that the Switch. Does have, they have not gotten this technology on the Switch of being able to like mirror the TV or have like different gameplay going on on the TV or your Switch? Because that would like for all of the you know problems that the Wii U has, like that is its main feature, and it's still the only console that does that. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. 
you know, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting little buy. I don't know. Um, I I would I would say you know if if you're in the mood for some Star Fox, these are some pretty good ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're in the mood for Star Fox, don't get Star Fox Guard because that will not scratch. It's the not going to scratch that itch. But if you're in the mood uh, for get uh, you know, if you're in the mood for Tower Defense, it does. I I I do have to say I don't know if if I feel like playing a Star Fox game, I don't know that I would reach for zero, and it's not because there's not a lot to like here. I think it's just the additional layer of the challenge of the controls is maybe a little off-putting i i think if i want just like kind of a down the barrel like space shooter then i might want to go with like uh something earlier like uh assault or or, um even star fox one or two oh i would i would much rather play star fox zero than assault okay all right um so let's go ahead and are we ready to move on yeah i think let's i think let's rank him let's rank him uh first off i'd like to apologize for last time when i egregiously rated minecraft games very very low hey but you know that's just the world we live in sometimes sometimes i'm cranky and i rate things low. well i don't know i think i think we were both approaching that game on Honestly, but from different perspectives. Yeah, but I put it behind fucking Lego games. Like, or, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. There's just in terms of like ambition. Again, it, and it's quality. weird because I like the Lego games, but we are playing a lot of them, and they feel kind of unspecial. Sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of games, I liked though um, Star Fox Zero. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. Maybe it was just because it was pushing my nostalgia buttons of feeling like, hey, this is like Star Fox sixty four. Yeah. But what we just talked about in uh, the episode we just recorded is what we wanted after playing many Star Fox games was just something that played like Star Fox 64 and was prettier. And, and that th- is this. this is, that is this. And I didn't really... Uh, the more comfortable I got with the Wii U gamepad, the more I liked it. I wish there was an option to kind of just turn it off yeah. and play it usual. But then, like, this game wouldn't have a lot go special going for it aside from, like, looking nice sure which you know is enough um, oh that's enough i get by no. <laughs> yeah that's true that's why you're in the, the, the audio a, medium of podcasting. That, I've, I've got a face for radio yeah. i get it a lot um so anyway with all that said i'm putting star fox zero at number eight right behind mass effect three and in front of fifa okay um i liked star fox zero a lot good um yeah good, good. give me a pat on the back will yeah, you? good for you yeah thanks thanks I like for your too. kudos um, I liked Star Fox Guard less just because there was so little there. Yeah. It was in like, I don't know, I would just have a hard time being like, I'm going to sink a bunch of hours into shooting these robots. I mean, there's a lot but, to the, there's a hundred levels in that yeah, game. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, a very like it's substantial. Atari 2600 or NES feel. You just like play this and it's the same game for, for a long time. Until it's over. Until yeah. it's over. Um, so I'm putting them right behind the Minecraft games at number 22. It's, oh, wow. Uh, Star Big Fox gap. Guard. Uh, I'm, I'm in a similar place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, Star Fox Zero is going to come in at number 10. I also like that it had co-op. We're always the, on the, the co-op, lookout for the, the two-player co-op. The games, co-op was, was good. pretty good. The co-op is good. I like the co-op. Yeah, so this is going to be my number 10. That puts it below Tekken Tag Tournament 2 and above Game & Wario, uh, which I feel pretty comfortable with. Like I said, I, it's, I like so much about Wait, this game. Wait, Game & Wario was that low? Yeah, number 10. Yeah, oh. you have it higher on yours? I thought we did. I thought we put Game of Wario like very high. Yours is like three. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's okay. a, it was lower for me. Yours okay. is higher. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm sandwiching it in between those. Uh, so, you know, crack the top 10. Um, I think it's it's really gorgeous. Like you said, it scratches that nostalgic itch. I think you do get used to the controls, but it, it takes a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you're, it's always going to be a little bit of a struggle. 
And then guard, I'm similarly kind of knocking down a few extra steps. It's going to go number 16, which is underneath Nintendo Land and above Sniper Elite V2. I feel like if I want to reach for a party game, I'm more likely to grab Nintendo Land or Game & Wario before I grab yep. this one. But And, and it's, it's a pretty insubstantial game, but it was not really designed to be much no, more than it is. It. And uh, you have to kind of take it on its own terms. And I think it works for what it's trying to do. Yeah. But it's just not necessarily my idea of a great time. It's an okay time. <laughs> sure. Um, all right, we have a couple of letters this week. Uh, I have a request before we get to the yeah. letters. Can we postpone the letters that you asked me about until next week? Yes. I don't know if there's other letters. I just thought they were good questions, and my brain is functioning at lower percentages than usual, and I'd like to have an answer instead of just sort of drooling into your microphone like that's, I usually do. That's fair. Okay, I'll, I'll do the second one since I think that's okay. one that we can just kind of pick up a little okay. bit. But we will, we'll put a little more thought into the next one because there were some uh, interesting questions in there. Uh, this one says, Hey, Studi and potential guest. So glad that's sticking. Yeah, um, we, we've been shipped. Yes. <laughs> On last week's episode, you mentioned that for most games, you usually play a game for about an hour or so. Yeah. I'm wondering, have there been any new games that you two have gone back to finish? Uh, also, since you two recently hit a big Patreon milestone, for Ooh. any new subscriber, give yourself a treat and go back to listen to the Nintendo 64 ROM Hacks episode. Maybe one day Bloody Roar 3 will be covered. Only time <laughs> will tell. Sure. And that's from Blake. So thank you, Blake. Yes. Um, yeah, all right. So I think that he's asking specifically if we've gone back and finished any of these Wii U games that we've okay. played yet. Well, I own approximately one Wii U game now, which is the copy of Star Fox Assault that you found extra there you in, go. Your, in your oh, stack. I've, I've got, or I've got a, uh, Star Fox Zero. I've got a spare Donkey Kong uh, jungle thing for you, too. You Ooh, Donkey Kong jungle thing. Jo or whatever it's called. <laughs> Trop Tropical Freeze. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that game's that. actually, I heard, is pretty good. It is good. It is good. Um, I played that one. And, but I, am excited, I would be excited to uh, go back and play Devil's Third. Because that I game, want to finish it. <laughs> game really scratched my itch of terrible games. Well, and we were talking about that. Like, if you're going to have to play a bad game, that's the style of bad game yeah. that appeals to you. Like, that's the kind you can sort of stomach. So, uh, yeah, I haven't gone back and finished anything. Well, no, that's not true. I, I played all the way through Super Mario 3D World. Yes, me too. Uh, and I, I mean, I played it specifically for this show. But I think I actually but finished... But I played it on Switch. And I finished it uh, on the Wii U before... We've recorded it, though, okay. so I didn't go back to it, but I did finish it yeah. because it's a very good game. Yeah. And, and Shovel Knight also uh, played through all of Shovel Knight. Oh, but, nice. But I've also done that like seven times. Sure. I There's like definitely, and especially for like the N64 show, I would I did that too. There were a couple games where like I'm like, oh, yeah, I should go play this again. Yeah. And I think that Star Fox 64 was probably one of them. Probably. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, I think that's my that's my answer for that. Like, I, I don't know. I, it's... The games we've been playing so far, I haven't been super compelled to go back. And if truthfully, it, there weren't that many N64 games that I went back and finished right. either. There were a handful. If the, we, I think Mischief Makers is one I might I, I play. I played through. I played through a lot of uh, Winback. Surprisingly, yeah, I played uh, through Rayman game. too. Oh, good. Uh, so oh, that good. game's so good. Oh, that game's so wonderful. Um, Top ten. One thing that crap. What was I going to say? Oh, I, I bet I would go back and play more Mario Maker yeah. if we could get the goddamn internet to connect Ugh, on the Wii U because I, I would love to try out more of those levels. Yeah, I was but. really enjoying it. And I, I think I mentioned I went back and replayed a little bit of Mario Maker 2 on the Switch, and I liked it less. I like the original Mario Maker better because of the interface and the yeah. gamepad. Like it, it actually enhanced it. So that is still both of our number one game, yeah. and I still stand by that. 
All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. We are Ultra 64 Podcast at all the different uh, social media platforms. We're Ultra 64 Pod on Patreon.com, where you can listen to our other episodes on Star Fox, uh, the second of which will be coming out on Wednesday when you're hearing this. Uh, so in a, in so a wait, few is days. Wait, this coming out before this okay. is coming out before but we recorded it after so we're all <laughs> kind of turned around but like we've gone through a time paradox we have we found a paradox here uh, but we've also got upcoming episodes on streets of rage we're going to be playing through all the jaws games we're going to be doing some spooky stuff for october so lots of fun stuff happening over there i lied about this not being my last plug <laughs> sure. i'm just a well this, this is this salesman. is the, the, every like Every podcast has like the point where the episode in proper ends and then it just gets into the shameless plugs. Yeah. And that's where you that's where you ride that skip button. That's that's it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So be sure to tune in next week. Uh, what are we playing Ooh, next week? I guess I'm you, very thank excited. Thank goodness to you find didn't ride out. that skip button because you wouldn't know what we're playing next week. Oh just like boy. me. I don't know either. We are playing uh, two games based on a uh, apparently very popular game show, uh, Wipeout. Wipeout three and then Wipeout Create and Crash. If that's if I'm not mistaken, that's the obstacle course yeah. uh, game show where people it's like fall in mud. American Ninja Warrior for schlubs. Okay, all yeah. right. So American Ninja, Ninja I'm, I'm actually kind of sold on that. Yeah. I like the idea. I, of that. Every time I see one of those game shows, I'm like, man, that would be so fun. I would love to have go oh through one of those obstacles. I watch so much of like Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix, and I'm just like, man, if I had upper body strength, watch out, world. <laughs> yeah. If I if I could grip if I had grip strength, if my yeah fingers weren't arthritic <laughs> um but yeah tune in next week we're gonna be playing wipeout and uh this, weirdly the second wipeout episode we've had except the last one was wipeout 64 oh which was a very, very different, different kind of wipeout so this is not the space racer this is the fat people getting hit with uh puffy foam sure so tune in for that one and uh we will see you then so Star Fox signing off <laughs>